everyone hello hello hi welcome to another episode of reckless attack a dungeons and dragons fifth edition actual play podcast i think i still did it out of order no you got it i can't i can never remember it's dungeons is it a fifth edition dungeons and dragons dungeons or is it dungeons and dragons fifth edition i think it's a fifth edition dungeons and dragons that's not what i said podcast well, we, it? It, I don't know. You I love that the branding right. is now we get it wrong. And yeah, so right. It right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's Reckless Attack, out. a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. I haven't said that in maybe <laughs> three months worth of episodes. I'm not sure. Um, but you guys get it. Hi, I am Nathan, the Dungeon Master, who forgets the order of things on the regular. And yet here we stand triumphantly at episode 35. Yeah. 35. 35. Yeah, wow. Congrats, everybody. Congrats, We're listener. Great. For, for having made it listener. through however many hours this translates to, roughly roughly 35, I would imagine, give or take. Um, but yeah, congrats. Great job, everybody. 35. That's nuts. We're almost to, you know, 30 to, to, I almost said we're almost 36, as if that was like <laughs> a, a huge meaningful. Well, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, wait, hold on. I was, cause I was thinking like months, terms. It's like, no, that's not. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Anyway, please. Please, person to my right, please save me as I as I continue to flail at the intro. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and uh, I am Steve. And as I have done for the past thirty four episodes, <laughs> uh, I am playing Sulv Asterlin, the Dragonborn monk, who um, might get his long rest this. Uh, hey, <laughs> it's been long yeah. coming. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. So uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of exciting. To my right. Hi everyone, I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Morlock, who is also very excited to potentially sleep. To do a slap. Maybe, perhaps, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Nathan, I need it. I'm oh, coming. Let's, let's see what happens. And to my right. Hello everyone, it's me, Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And I will say, the last time we thought we could relax in the guild hall, the Mothman was literally right outside our door. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know uh, if we have a great track record of being able to sleep peacefully in the evening. Well, you know, they, they never strike twice in the same spot. Oh, right. We'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Lightning creatures never strike twice. <laughs> and to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. And Val is still really ready for bed. (laughs) (laughs) Continues to be. Turns out, everyone, ready for bed. Yep. Uh, Well, why are they so ready for bed? Why? I'm glad you asked, dear listener. It has been a long day for the Golden Tree Guilders. They went outside of the walls of Agmar. They have fought a horrible otherworldly beast. They have fought an untethered member of the bones. They have rescued people. They have trekked. They have they have overcome natural obstacles in their path to arrive safely back within its walls, all within one day, successfully saving the missing members of the undead guard of the red city of Agmar, the bones, and are now finally back in the guild hall and able to take their rest. They have been informed by Namgar, one of the lieutenants of the town guard, that they, because in a couple days' time, lest we forget, the Mothman is still out there, 
in a couple's days time you believe the Mothman is going to attack at the festival during the day of returning you guys have just re-entered the building a burga cry has mm-hmm. rung out through the hallways and you are hit with this wave of comfort and of kind of the warm light of the candles bouncing off of the the wooden interior of your guild hall you see burga emerge and is clearly thrilled to see you guys and uh, and says oh oh come in everybody come in come in oh it's it's so good how is everyone okay what happened what happened Burga, we're back. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Oh, oh, please, please, come in. Uh, t- please, uh, uh, p- put your things down. Uh, put your armor. I will collect it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, just uh, take 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 a load off. Go go. Uh, do whatever you need to do. I guess uh, I won't tell you how to relax. You get it. You get it. Uh, but it's like so fucking pumped that you guys have made it back. Well, I feel like for Burga, it was probably highly anxiety inducing to watch us walk away. Yeah. I mean, as you guys would know, the last time members of the Golden Tree Guild walked out of this guild hall outside of the walls of the city. They did not come back. Mm-hmm. And you guys just did. So she's she's hyped, is the point. <laughs> and we're uh, hyped to see her. But yeah, she's like insisting you like drop your weapons and like take take your armor off and like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it cleaned up and taken care of. Don't worry. And is and is immediately kind of just like has descended upon you <laughs> as the as the the unofficial guild mom mm-hmm. that she is and is cramming snacks in your hands and, and that kind of thing. Val is happy to just kind of be shepherded by Berga in that way and will like answer all the questions that Berga is rattling off at her. Yeah, and- she probably she comes on like that initial like, oh my god, what happened? What was going on? And she kind of like pulls back a little bit on that. She's like, well, they just came back in. Let's <laughs> let's slow the roll. I was going to say, actually, so for checkers, this is kind of a lot <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's like this blanket of like attention has come over him. So he and Mango just see like the open window in the corner and just like leap out of the, leap out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> like halfway through Burgos whole thing, and it's like, no, we're out. <laughs> I need this meme of like too many feelings. Yeah. Gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and Checkers is going to make his way towards the uh, the hot springs and the caves in the back, just like, oh, thank God. I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we don't have to go through it again. She she steps back, but is... S- Sel will, will give a brief rundown of what happened. Like we, you know, yeah. found the untethered, found the bones, brought them back successfully. And a further detailed story can be given tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And she is she is happy. She she like She would almost feel bad for having... <laughs> Truth, honestly, um, Kaskrin is just like tickled pink that Burga is like so energetic and and welcoming. He's like, yeah, like you know, he he wants her to like help him get his armor off and like you know he likes being fed things. Like this is wonderful. For him. <laughs> just crams yeah, like a right? sandwich in your face yeah. and like yeah. rips off a pauldron. Yeah, yeah, he is he is uh, ecstatic to be here. <laughs> uh, so essentially, the night progresses. You guys stay conscious as long as you feel the desire to be conscious and yeah how do what does winding down for the evening look like you guys again after burga has like done all of the burga things that she she wants and needs to do for you guys coming back the one thing that cast would do uh so he is again covered in dirt covered in grass stains <laughs> mm-hmm. covered in all of this like pine staff and it's just like sticky and gross and so he wants to get clean 
He is going to also pop by the hot springs in the back, but he's going to go to Etris's workshop first. Okay. And so when... <laughs> Are we in the same brain <laughs> we're in the, right now? We're in the same brain right now. <laughs> I, I'm imagining... Yeah. So if, if, if no matter what it is that you're doing, I'm imagining that you both have independently this idea and like go about, you know, maybe you drop your stuff out of your room or whatever, and then you both emerge and then like step to Etris's door and like yeah. realize <laughs> yeah. the other is also there. Etris's door opens up and Checkers is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy seeing you guys yeah. here. But Kaskrin has gotten something from Etris. And so he, you know, he takes it and he goes to the hot spring and he has a nice leisurely soak and is like washing himself cleaning off all the grime and when he he finally gets out uh you know nobody's seen him for a little bit this might be like after checkers has already has, has been there maybe but he's been like yeah cleaning himself and more importantly cleaning his beard yeah out of all <laughs> getting all the sap out of that and so normally he's got it you know in a tight braid like it's very proper looking but when you see him, like, again, he has gotten the experimental shampoo <laughs> to clean the stickiness out of it. Oh, I thought it was going to be some kind of beard oil. Yeah. That but would also be on the table, That would also sure. be very good. But much like you you have, like, um really good shampoo that's, like, it makes your hair, like, sh- like shiny and, like, very, like, velvety and everything. This is now his beard hair is, like, two feet long. <laughs> so whenever he moves, it, like, sways a little bit. Like he's in, like he's yeah. in a commercial. Yeah. Just yeah, always right? slow motion. There's, like, yeah. a soft breeze kind of billowing yeah. through He, like, beard. turns the corner and his beard just, like, wafts just sensually, luxuriously <laughs> to the side. Look at me. Now back at the hot spring. Now back at me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. I'm definitely thinking early, like, Early 2000s Herbal Essences yeah, Mia Ham commercial. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was also picturing. <laughs> and it's just like you could just run your, your fingers through it and it would just be incredible. Mm-hmm. But that that is how he relaxes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, and I know we, we glossed over the conversation with Etris, yeah. but I'm imagining actually what it was is you knocked on the door and, and Etris responded and you said like, oh, can I get the shampoo? And there's just like a complicated like tube system that just like, he doesn't even open the door. It just like shunts down right in front of the door and it's just like, is there? So he doesn't even have to open the door and step away from what might be a volatile situation <laughs> at any given point. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing, Val, over in that direction? Val would probably take a little while to get to Etris. She's going to like take off her armor, go to the desk of doing, like write up her own report because she gave the other one to Namgar. <laughs> um, journal for a little bit, like write down a few few notes and things. And as much as she does want to go to bed, she feels like she needs to like relax a little bit more before doing so. So. She goes to Etris to ask for a root beer. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm so I'm imagining that Checkers and Kaskrin are both. I don't know how long you guys are spending there. I'm imagining a good amount, you know, yeah. a good yeah. amount of time. I mean, Checkers has a hammock, you know, yeah. to, to sleep in the yeah. hot spring. Right, exactly. Um, but for that, Etris's door would fucking blast open <laughs> and you can see he is barely leaning out of the his weird little hut. Where he clearly has an arm still doing like something. Stirring something. Exactly. Stirring or shaking or both somehow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, glad y'all are back. Burger kept me updated. That's great news. I appreciate you. Um, I just, I got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fresh batch, here you go. Add a little bit of cream to this one. Give it a try. Ooh. <laughs> and then he just like pushes it out. 
and then slams the door, and then there's a pause, and then one of those little like eye hole flap oh, things flap. like yeah. shift open, and you can see his eyes are poking out to watch you take I'll the first take, step. I'll take a sip. I'm assuming it's delicious. It's great. It's <laughs> fucking <laughs> great. It's it's like that like um, Coca Cola commercial where it's just like the <sighs> <sighs> and like you can see like a whole body reaction to how refreshing and there's a lot of advertising. Yeah, right. Like, what, what products do I use? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and then as soon as that happens, the the eye swatch just like slams back shut, and then you hear <laughs> and that's it. Uh, and so Val will take her root beer to the hot springs. Everyone's going to the hot springs. Yeah, right. How else are you going to wash off? Yeah, right? that's a good point. Um, so she will take a soak, relax, leisurely drink her cream root beer, and you know after that's done, head in the kitchen, say goodnight to Berga, because I'm assuming she's still up and around. And- oh, yeah, absolutely. As long as some of you guys are awake, she is staying awake for tonight, for sure. Yeah, so... That will like chat a little bit with Berga and then make her way upstairs, go into her room, and she probably like changed into her pajamas right after the hot spring. So she just like goes and does that like belly flop onto onto <laughs> her bed, but then is startled because there is a squawk <laughs> of a chicken. And, and to remind not just the listeners, but everyone at the table, because we were talking about this earlier and totally forgot, why is there a chicken in Val's room? Because Checkers procured a chicken <laughs> for Val. It was a gift. It was a gift. <laughs> um, and Berga has not had time to get somebody over to the guild hall to build the chicken coop that Val requested. Yeah, it's been busy. Yeah. So Val, you know... Regains her composure and <laughs> will make like a little nest for for the chicken in like the corner of her room because she thinks for a moment about like putting it outside and then remembers Taroth is yeah. there. <laughs> she's a, she's not afraid for the chicken, but it's like you're still why reading take that situation. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. So she like tucks the chicken into like a little little nest in the corner and then <laughs> starts going to bed. I will say, Checkers procured probably the prime chicken from, from Gary Carr. So this is a very- Gary Carr, the chickens are. Gary Carr, the chickens are, knows how to train his chickens. So, <laughs> train them? <laughs> <laughs> these are circus chickens? This, this like... is a very well-behaved chicken. It was just very startled when it yes, first showed up. I'm so. sure it was like nestled on the bed. So yeah. Val like- Plopped down and it got like shot in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when you give it when you give it a nest, it like just kind of nestles in and just sleeps sound. It's like it puts its its face just like into its body. Yeah. And then just like closes its eyes and falls asleep. I was not Amazing. ready for Gary Carr chickens are deep lore <laughs> to emerge in this episode. He's a chicken trainer. Yeah. Fascinating. Right? I guess I know what NPC I gotta fucking bring up now sometime in the next couple sessions. Shit. Anyway. And Selv, what are you doing to get ready for the evening? Well, uh, first thing uh, Selv will do is is probably sit down and eat something. Uh, so whatever Berga has ready. Just... Too many things is the answer. She has too many <laughs> that's, things that's ready. That's good. Uh, so Selv will eat, then politely excuse himself and kind of go up, go up to the room and um, I guess put on his... 
I, I don't know, Swimgy? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I, I, don't, we'll know, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, just a kind of like a, a pair of loose-fitting pants. And, oh, um, fucking just just, uh, just board shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flip-flops, yeah. yeah. And kind of grab uh, like a towel or something and just uh, head down to the, the, the hot spring because he just kind of needs to soak. Is the hot spring, is that normally, like if there's people down there, I'm, I'm assuming there's kind of like torches set up so it's it's lit? Well, I imagine too, like part of it might be in the cave. So like part of it is lit by the bioluminescent mushrooms. Yeah. So like part of it's always kind of in light, but okay. it's also in a cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so so it's a com- I would say a combination of both. But yeah, definitely there'd be All especially right. if anyone was using it. Yeah, there yeah, everyone's using it. Oh, if Val's okay. yeah. using it, she's at least casting light. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true yeah. too. Well, because <clears throat> what I was going to do was if there was um kind of a uh, uh I don't know what to call it, tiki torch or a torch or something yeah. kind mm-hmm. of like uh-huh. out- outside the cave where you go in. And so as self goes by, he kind of gestures at it and um increases the um the radius of the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a bit, and then also makes it more like like tinted blue, hmm. uh, kind of uh, more more of kind of like what what he's used to up in the mountains of like everything kind of having that blue tint to it, and then walk in and somehow didn't notice before, but now there's like you know his entire <laughs> whole, yeah, his whole party. entire party yeah. is is in there, and it's like oh you know right. I feel Makes like sense. the hot spring is big enough though that like oh. we could oh, each yeah. be in like a Val corner. is definitely off like in a corner like her head barely above <laughs> yeah. the water, yeah. and she's she definitely asked Etris for a straw that's like an articulated one so she can like lock it in place where it's in the bottle. But then, like, makes a perfect like oh. angles down to her it's mouth. Like a, it's like a connects, yeah. But 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 a straw, yeah. yeah absolutely. Etcher's definitely made that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Is Checkers there? So Checkers probably got there first, but then also has been soaking in there long enough to be done essentially. But he, Mango, and Junior are all kind of off to the side, just laying down, basking in the warmth. So it's Mango's laying on his back, and then Checkers is laying on top of Mango, just on his belly, and then Junior is laying on top of Checkers. So it's just like this large, warm stack of frogs <laughs> off in the corner. Amazing. So, Perfect. Uh, kind of what I imagine is the light increases from outside the cave, which which then illuminates part of the, the hot spring inside. And when, when Self walks in, he sees kind of the little areas where people were, <laughs> because there's, like, like around Checkers, there's just... There's just like dirt floating yeah. and, and stuff, and then like around around where Cass was, there's this soap, yeah, kind of like the soap ring and <laughs> bubbles, and then kind of you know around where Val is, there's just you know whatever because I don't imagine her; she has been scrubbing. She's just kind of like been soaking. Val really just like yeah it's was existing. soaking. You can just see like the root beer and the straw, the, yeah. 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 the metal yeah. straw, yeah. And exactly. so he, so he kind of like looks, 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 and then finds where he's gonna kind of sit down where there's not stuff floating, and uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, it's like, it's like mm, that was a mistake. And then kind of like puts the light back to normal. <laughs> so he doesn't see all of the weird stuff floating around everybody else. Fair enough. And then, Fair enough. And then, uh, you know, gets in and just uh, sits in there for a little while. Excellent. So you guys just have this kind of nice, quiet evening of just fucking soaking, yeah. <laughs> essentially, and washing away... The day's grime and dirt, if not washing away the day's troubles and the day's questions that you may still have with you. You eventually, one by one, all go to bed and you arise the next morning. 
knowing that somewhere in the city there was likely a Mothman attack. But now we enter into downtime. Downtime. Hey. So you guys essentially know that, hey, you have been told do not go out at night. Relax. Like, do whatever it is that you feel you need to do to get ready to make sure you are the best Golden Tree Adventuring Guild you can be at the festival. Do that. That is your, <laughs> that is, was the ask from the town guard. What does everyone want to do over the next two days leading up to the day of returning? Uh, so I think there's a couple things Self wants to do. First of all, who was carrying the staff? That was Val. Okay. I, Sophie, raise my hand on an audio podcast. <laughs> Ain't that just the way? Okay. So um, sometime during the day. Sorry. Val, the second she had been like out of Berga's reach, would have gone and put all of it in the vault and turned the anti-magic field on. Okay, good. That was so, that was what I was And the guild expect. would know it is in the vault. Okay. Yeah. okay. And you guys, I assume, would have talked about that mm-hmm. at some point. Too. Yeah. Val like, would at least have yelled like, hey, the staff's going in the vault. <laughs> or, or told us afterwards, too. That, yeah. yeah. Um, that, good. That's what I wanted to make sure it got done. Appreciate it. So we can, we can skip that portion. <laughs> the other stuff that Selv wanted to do was actually not too complicated, not yeah. that much. Um, the first day, maybe late morning, he would go to where the dragon skull is in the city. Mm-hmm. And since now he has a name for this dragon. Um, Jornas, the Halcyon Worm. <laughs> yes, that would be the one. I had it pulled up and I was like, I'm really excited to just shout this. <laughs> is this like the city of Agmar where it's Agmar in all caps? Is this like Jornas, the Halcyon Worm in all caps? I would say it's not necessarily all caps, but it's it's one of those things where like you're reading in a document and then suddenly the font changes. Uh, and yeah. It's a very dramatic new font. That's kind of more the vibe. Okay. Whereas Agmar it's, is it's bolded. It's yeah. always in Germania one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So he'll just go kind of take a look at the dragon skull and then uh, he would just make his way over to the Agmar library and essentially put in a request for some books about the Halcyon worm. Then after that, Selv is basically going to pretty much remain either at the guild hall or in the garden or on the roof and just relax. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to spend some time meditating on kind of his own fears because he knows that that is probably going to come up when this Mothman attacks at the festival. And so he's going to do some meditating and kind of try to confront his own fears while still being in kind of an open space. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To to meditate on his fears. To to meditate, yes, as opposed to confront. The only other thing he might do is talk to Berga, unless this is something Val has already done. And ask Berga if she has anybody that she trusts or if she can do this herself to be able to identify the magic items. So I think Berga would actually tell you Azan would be the person to. Okay. Well, and, and not just necessarily any specific magic items, you know, if like if you were to be like this staff, but essentially she would be like, she probably was the one who pointed Kaskarin towards that direction. So he's mm-hmm. he's good with anything that we come across that would have these super duper magics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. But again, there might be other people in the city, but that is the one that she knows and knows to. It's kind of one of those things where like, you know, the really rich people don't really care about 
like, oh, someone else coming in. Like, he has so much other magic item stuff that he's trustworthy to not, like, swindle you out of mm. this one, yeah. you know? Where, like, he has a business to take care of and his reputation is important. So even if he's a little sleazy and will try to upsell you on things, like, he'll tell you the real stuff because he will want it or not want it. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. For right now, that's all I can think of. So that's kind of what, what Selv's yeah, doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is all, I'll also remind you guys, especially for Selv, who's going out to look at the giant skull of Zjornas, the Halcyon Worm, um, which, is in, which is in the middle of like the town square, basically, or the city square, that all while this is happening, there is decorations being put up. You feel there's an energy to the city. You know, pe- the, the anticipation is building. Signs are starting to be posted, banners, all that kind of stuff. So this is all in the backdrop of the day of returning, getting set up. So there's a couple of like small things that Caspian wants to do over the next couple of days. Um, in the first day, he would he would go around to the different people that have been attacked by the Mothman. You know, he wants to check on the dwarf. He wants to check on the librarian. He wants to see if he can find Alareth and just like kind of just check in and see how everything what like everything has been happening. I will spend a little bit of time making sure that everyone's okay. As part of that, I would say you would find out what happened. The night before with the Mothman, as you're kind of checking with people who are in the know, basically. Um, last night's attack did happen. And everyone who you talk to has a very weird way of describing it. And the weird consensus, the victim being attacked by a dark alley. Meaning the alley itself reached out and grabbed someone and attacked them. And the town guard had to go into the alleyway where it was pitch dark to try and fend this creature off and did so somewhat successfully. The person is, you know, not as saved as you guys have previously saved people, but was stable, certainly frightened, but not dead, (laughs) not in a coma. Gotcha. So he also, you know, goes back to the guild hall and gets his gift from Checkers as well, which is a bag of some sort of holding that has a guild logo on it. And the the logo is a bronze bird. So clearly not the golden tree, clearly not the Verdant Wave. And he is going to try and return it. (laughs) As a good person, he is going to try to find the rightful owner or at least find the building that it's supposed to go to. Okay. If you if you ask someone, you would probably be able to find it or just like I mean, you could just take this as an opportunity to walk around the city, yeah. right? Eventually on kind of the other side of town actually in kind of more of the uptown fancier side of town, you eventually kind of see much in the same way the golden tree has that little sign that essentially has your symbol on it. Mm-hmm. You suddenly come across this symbol. Uh, And again, like you said, it is a bronze bird. Uh, And underneath it, it actually has kind of like a second sign that has words on it in in Pentarchy standard. And it says the resplendent spear. Cool. So what happens 
is go ahead. I assume would you? How would you approach it? Cass is and just going to ding dong ditch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna say. <laughs> yeah Cass is going to drop it off and like talk. You know, talk to the office admin for a little bit and just say like he found it on the ground somewhere. Like someone dropped it and he's just doing his. You know, he's not going to go into too much he's just detail. Being a good Samaritan. Yeah. So the, the admin just like, wow, that's surprising. It disappeared in a very specific way. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's very clearly stolen. You know, <laughs> like how did you find it? I found it on the ground. <laughs> so, so yeah, you, 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 we'll say that they also, yeah, have an office admin uh, who is a, um, you know, a very, a very prim and proper elf uh, who is very formal in talking to you and avoids making any direct accusations, uh, but appreciates <laughs> that you have have dropped it back off. And the the last thing that we, the players or the viewers, will see or hear is um, is you hear a voice, Kaskrin, okay. uh, coming from around the corner. We'll say this is like maybe towards the end of the second day or something like that. Uh, you hear a voice come around the corner and it says, wait, did I hear someone say that my bag is back? And we'll cut from the scene there. <laughs> okay. Anything else you'd like to do? Uh, just one last thing. Yeah. Um, so Cashgren would start now writing up his own report of what has happened. And part of that would also include dossiers of some of the people that he's met. Because mm-hmm. the Golden Tree's records aren't very good. He's going to start filling in some of the blanks. But instead of working at the conference room table, he's going to check out what all this desk of doing nonsense is about. <laughs> and he's like sitting there being like, whatever it's just a desk like i don't i don't get it until like he's been writing for like an hour two hours without having to stand up and all of a sudden he realizes like i never i never do this like, <laughs> like, like my back doesn't my back yeah, is fine i can like work for 15 minutes at a time because writing report sucks normally but like what everything's done like this is incredible did you ask for any tutorials or are you just like i'm just gonna sit down yeah. and I'm use the desk and like whatever yeah he's just gonna sit down and use it because he's like whatever it's a desk i don't uh. but yeah he, he he starts like writing and all of a sudden yeah two hours have passed <laughs> and it's just like it's all done <laughs> wow oh my god perfect excellent and that, yeah and that's it so checker spends his time kind of split between two activities the first is an old favorite People watching. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he and Mango and Junior love to just spend their time up on the rooftops of Agmar, just kind of watching the people go by. Especially in Agmar too, there's just a lot of people coming in and out, especially in the main mm-hmm. main area. So he's just really enjoying, and you know, the whole time he's like doing some sketches. He's keeping an eye out for people who look maybe a little bit too uh, fancy. <laughs> for his taste. Yeah, for his taste. And he yep. like draws like bad pictures of them, like you know, someone with a nice hat walking down the street. Oh he's God. like. That person looks weird, and he just draws like a really bad picture of this person with like a really enlarged hat, yeah. and like <laughs> tries to like sneak it into their pocket. <laughs> I God, I just got an amazing just picture of him sitting on like a ledge of a roof, mm-hmm. and just his little feet sticking over and like kicking as yeah. he's just drawing and like leaning over to Mango and be like, "Hey, look at him! Yeah, what an idiot! Yeah, what a jerk! <laughs> That's exactly like that what guy. happens. <laughs> exactly I also, what happens. I also imagine these like stories popping up of like." The Ag- Agmarian stealth artist. Yeah. Like, like, like all Banksy. of a sudden, yeah. pe- people, people just have artwork of them, like in their pockets. Yeah. And trying the to figure out where grows. that stuff comes from. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's always just like a really bad crayon drawing with a little frog face in the corner. It's just like, why do these keep popping up? Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that he does, and he has a very, like, kind of, 
He has a very love-hate relationship with this particular activity, but it is homework. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so in the months spent with Valeska, he has kind of started to understand the value of an education. <laughs> of homework. <laughs> right. And he... <laughs> It's like one of those things where it's always in the back of his mind and he never wants to do it, but he knows that he should. So he, <laughs> at some point in the past, like went to Val and was like, I need to learn how to write. <laughs> Can you help me? <laughs> um, and, you know, Velasco being the gracious individual she was, hopefully uh, set up a whole like lesson plan. Oh, my or... gosh. If, Val, <laughs> if this had been a request, Val would have made like several binders. Mm-hmm. That, that's hooked on frog. I know. I was going to say I was going to come in with it, too. <laughs> Um, and she would make like in the map room, like a little checker shelf where it's just like <laughs> numbered binders of like binder number one, like finish this, like Val will come back and grade it when it's done. <laughs> and then like, but like knowing, learn at your own pace. Yeah. Learn like checkers cannot like sit down and be forced to do this. It's like, he has to come to the table <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Right. So she's just like, here go. This is all the stuff you may want. Like. If you want to learn, like, writing, here's writing and, like, all the other subjects he might have mentioned. So, like, he can, like, go and take a binder, work on it, and, like, put it back whenever I, he wants. I also imagine Val occasionally – well, Val has a plan to trick him, kind of, where it's uh, – here, checkers, here's here's the first volume. Why don't you sit at this desk? <laughs> And then before Checkers realizes it, he's done with volume one. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. So, so I'm actually I'm actually thinking Checkers would use the desk of doing. But unlike everyone else who's like writing all these reports and dossiers, he got, he's got like this homework sheet and he's just practicing the differences between like P's and Q's. <laughs> uh, lovely. Perfect. Perfect. One more thing. Yeah. Uh, during that time also, he would finally have the opportunity to take a look at the book mm-hmm. that he found out in the backyard essentially of the guild hall uh knowing that it is gabriella's old mm-hmm. notebook yes the former the former gilder former yes. uh gilder druid yes and he would finally have the time to like pop it open and start reading and looking at what some of the the first few pages are mm-hmm. for that old book yeah and uh both as a reminder to you to the table to the listener this was a book written in druidic mm-hmm. that you do you do know yeah <laughs> i do read it <laughs> that you do read druidic um, and as you're really sitting down to read this book, you see that it is a combination of a lot of things. It clearly was, it's kind of one of those things where you read someone else's notes and yeah. it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to the person who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this, this combination of journal entries, of diagrams, of strange sketches, of strange beasts, hmm. you know, that they encountered and just like. A recipe for soup. And, you know, just like it is it is almost like a collection of scratch paper yeah. that this person just kept on them at all times. But there is a trove of both valuable information and nonsense mm-hmm. all wrapped into one. So he would start reading a little bit of that and starting to at least get a sense of like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War. 
a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyir. Can the gang find Tyir, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi everyone, David here with The Mid-Roll. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode. Sophie, what does Val do on her couple days in between here? Yeah, uh, Val wakes up from like such a deep sleep it was like she hit the bed and then immediately woke up like where normally when you go to sleep like oh you know you're like there's drifting there's drifting Mm -hmm. and you're like i'm not falling asleep there's like that time but it was like she immediately fell asleep and then immediately like woke up yeah um uh colaprico the chicken in the corner is just like and like waking her up um she's named it colaprico um got it excellent she wakes up and because it was that like instantaneous, like she's yeah. up kind of thing. She's like ready for the day. Yeah. And Spring springs out of bed. Yeah. So she heads downstairs, like kind of chats up with Berga, tells Berga like her to do list and like her goals for the day, <laughs> which I feel is like kind of like a normal routine. She yeah. and Berga have like fallen into because I love that. I feel like Val and Berga are both like fairly early risers. Like, oh, for sure. And, like, I'm sure Selv is, too, at, like, point. But, like, he meditates when he gets up. So he's, like, up, but he's not, like, downstairs, you exactly. know? Exactly, yeah. So she kind of asks Berga how the chicken coop is going because that was uh, something she asked Berga to look into before she left. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I have I have uh, asked. I've gotten some some estimates that I feel pretty good about in the in the in the budget, so to speak. Uh, it's just everyone is so busy right now. The, all the carpenters that I know are are all working on, on things for the, the festival. So I think afterwards we will be be good to go after after the day of returning. Perfect. I figured that'd be the case. Like. You know, can't get a last minute chicken coop built before the day of returning. <laughs> everyone oh, everyone knows that. That's yeah. an old Agmarian saying <laughs> is don't try to build a chicken coop before the day of returning. Exactly. Classic. Mm-hmm. But then kind of the more immediate things is she wants to connect with or get the information from the Mothman attacks and see if she can figure out based on the attacks and the information 
narrow down like what might happen mm. with more information from each attack. I can maybe like talk to Alaris a little bit and Vina and say like, okay, here's like all the information we have, like narrowing down, like we kind of know it's going to be in the bell tower. Um, I'm really just, again, trying to narrow it down as much as possible to be as ready as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think what you guys, I'm not, I wouldn't even ask you to make a roll on it just because you guys have now enough institutional knowledge of the city, its locations and about the Mothman. Mm-hmm. Um, since you've rolled like 25s every single time <laughs> you've friggin' gone to investigate. Is that really the most likely place mm-hmm. for a couple reasons is kind of around the Ruby Citadel and the Agmar Medical Center area okay. um, for, a, for a few reasons. First is that that is close to a bell tower. It's open. It's, you know, kind of hits a few of the phobias, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. It is also the location of... One of the main events of the festival, which was the Ember Sage Obelisk Rite, which we'll get into later. Uh, They just kind of say that in passing. Mm -hmm. And finally, you guys, like, because of the way the Mothman works, wherever you are, unless you are actively trying to avoid it, is probably, like, wherever your instincts tell you to go, Mm -hmm. or where you would naturally go is probably a good guess because of the weird way that it it affects fate and predestination and that sort of thing. So that's your that's your probably best guess if you're somewhere around there and there are bell towers in that area, mm-hmm. you'll be in a pretty good spot probably. Gotcha. Cool. And then the other thing she wanted to do was research as much as possible the bones armband. Yes. Okay. So you start going over again. I'm not going to make you make you roll because the lasting legion, as they were known at the time, mm-hmm. well documented. You don't have to go real searching for that sort of information. And you very quickly see that, like, no, like theoretical answers, or arcane answers, or mechanical answers, are anywhere that you have that you find anything. What about the restricted section? Well, you know, Sophie, I'm glad I'm glad that we shared a glimpse. <laughs> Val would see this as a great opportunity to get a pass from So as Lena, you, the Shield. As you are saying, there is, as a reminder to the to the listener, uh the Agmari Library has a restricted section that is restricted for a lot of reasons. It was restricted previously because like that's where you knew a lot of the kind of intense things or even the forbidden things mm-hmm. uh, that the people under the Pentarchy were not really supposed to be looking at too mm-hmm. much. But it's extra forbidden now because in the years since when it was abandoned, some of the magical things hidden there uh, went a little wild and made it a dangerous place to be. Uh, so much so that it is literally like sealed behind like a vault and there's like caution tape and those like velvet ropes around mm. it. Like, please do not go past this rope. Um, and so entry there, n- like no one goes in there. Oh. Um, that's the level. But Val, your instincts tell you 
If there's going to be anywhere in the city of Agmar, barring getting lucky, barring finding finding like a wizard who happened to work for the Pentarchy and has deep secrets that yeah. he'll tell you for you know something like that, if you're going to find an answer for something as like technical and magic and truly forbidden as this, mm-hmm. that would be where. Yeah, so she will uh, talk to Andromeda. Fill out the necessary paperwork to request access to the restricted section. Like, name drop the shield in Vita Calvetta to say, like, I'm serious about this request. Mm-hmm. And even tell, like, Andromeda, this is, like, urgent Egmarian business. In all seriousness, like, not trying right. to use of that course. excuse to get in there, but it's like, no, nah, like, I actually have a reason to go there. And she would be taken aback, this spider person. Well, if if you say so, uh, you know, there's an approval process that I'm happy to get started for you. It's good to know that you have some city officials who are vouching for you. That really improves your odds, I think. Uh, so, you well, you know, this takes a bit of time to process, especially with the festival going on. But we'll make sure to get back to you as soon as possible. I'll tell Andromeda it's like a highly sensitive reason that... I am requesting this mm-hmm. for, and I will f- like Val will fill out in the description of like why do you need access? To the restriction. She'll say like the reason, but tell Andromeda like this is an egg like a high secret for Agmar. So like keep this paperwork close. Yeah, and she would tell you that like scholars have tried to get in and have been denied many times. Like people who want the treasure trove. Like of course there must be fucking cool knowledge in here that the pentarchy secreted away mm-hmm. and no one has ever gotten approval but she's like if the shield and vena are our vote or excuse me uh, ms calvetta are both saying that it'll be a good idea i'm sure that you have a better chance <laughs> of doing it but i'm i'm happy to and as she does she takes your application and i'm imagining like folds it up into like a very intricate almost like little origami kind of <laughs> pouch yeah uh, stamps it classified again another arm comes around and stamps it classified and a hand takes it one of her spider hands takes it and drops it into the tank that has the head Uh that you came across uh the head i believe of serval rentado uh and the head the eyes light up again and this you see this thing like floating down and the head opens its mouth and just eats the piece of paper (laughs) Okay. And then swallows it. And then it's gone. And Andromeda pays no attention to it. And just like, we'll be sure to let you know. Again, I'm sure there will be some follow-up questions, but we'll let you know as soon as we're able. Is there anything else I can do for you? I think that's it for now. Thank you very much. Thank you for being a patron. And go about your day. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing like the research in that took up most of the first day. So... She, like, will plan for the second day to go take the staff to Azan. Azan. But then after a day in the library and, like, a little bit in the map room, you know, making sure Checkers has enough worksheets and uh, <laughs> right. pro- probably connecting with Cass because he's the one who got, like, the information from Alaras and the yep. Red Guard, connecting more of the dots. Um, She will kind of take a rest and head to bed. Head to bed. 
make sure Colaprico is still comfy yep, in exactly. his little nest <laughs> now, in the corn. <laughs> now that you've shared, it, shared the room a few nights, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit of an understanding in yeah. that apparently Gary Carr, the chickens are his very well-trained chickens. Yes. So, you know. And during the day, she would have let Colaprico like out in the yard by Hody, you know, like introduce them, and, <laughs> you know. Perfect. Mm-hmm, introduced Colaprico to Roth and been like, Roth, this is... My chicken. A beautiful bird. That we must protect. Yeah. And cherish at all costs. Yeah. And Aunt Val does like the eyes to Taroth. Like <laughs> And Taroth meets it just like unfazed. Yeah. <laughs> like sees that you're doing it and seems as if you are just looking at it with a normal mm-hmm. a normal look. And then Val immediately goes to Burger and be like, please make sure Taroth does not hurt Calaprico. <laughs> oh, I he will be um I will I will say I don't he will not hurt the bird. Uh I he will not do anything untoward towards the bird. Um but um yeah, we, they will not be in the same room together, I think. Okay. It's probably as safe as much as I can. I will <laughs> I will make sure he does not. Mm-hmm. You know. Mel's still figuring out Taroth's vibe, and I don't think she ever will figure it I, out. Yeah, I but... think Burga's still figuring out Taroth's <laughs> vibe and they have like an arcane magical connection and she's still like Man, I don't know. I think, I think I know, but then he does something weird and then he emerges from like a drawer and like, I don't fucking, I don't know. Um, so, uh, I'll also say, you know, Azan would be happy, would be like, ah, you are Valeska Carter. Do the whole thing. Be like, oh, you're Cas- my good friend, Kaskarin's good friend. And, mm-hmm. uh, but would tell you like, oh, he's happy to take a look at it, but it'll take him a little bit of time. You kind of okay. have to be added to the wait list basically gotcha. but he's happy to to look it over uh there's a lot of paperwork signed of like it's mm-hmm. a lot of bureaucracy in a way that i would hope is comforting to val it's like oh, oh yeah well there's paperwork mm-hmm. so yeah we're all we're all good yeah and i'm sure she probably went with cast like drop it off uh, as assured <laughs> exactly like the arcane protections and everything so yeah, yeah exactly so you head to bed and go to sleep and fucking buckle up, listener. <laughs> what happens then, Sophie? Ah, uh, so instead of dreaming, Val walks into the library of the illustrious Atheum mm. into the Mind Palace version yeah. of the illustrious Atheum and storms up to a humanoid creature with one eye that is closed and gets in their face and just says, Vakri, explain. Vakri, who is, like you said, a humanoid-sized individual uh, who is cyclopean but has one always closed eye. Uh, There is a moment as you enter the room where... You are greeted with that kind of like typical warmth that you two have of just like turning and be like, ah, you know, it's, it's, it's as if he's about to go into a whole like, Val, I, I have gotten these new books that I think, you know, I, 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 I got this information that I saw you were doing, you know, going into the whole collaborative spiel that mm-hmm. you two normally go into and you get up in his face quickly uh, and he's like, um, oh, excuse me, wait, what, what's, what's happening? What's going on? You need to explain why a smoke creature in the middle of the woods outside of Agmar called you a traitorous spirit. 
and sought to rip you from me. Excuse me, uh, what what happened? And Val will go into all of the explanation. And it's it's weird because, like, I feel like Vakri knows a little bit of, like, what happens during the day, but not all of it. Like, yeah. is kind of clued in. It's interesting. Like, I'm almost imagining that the way that Vakri gets information is, like, almost in Val reports in some mm-hmm. ways, you know, of, like, gets trickles of information and that's how he helps you as you are sorting the information here in your kind of mind palace, you know, is like mm-hmm. he knows just enough to kind of like point you in directions and help organize things. Yeah. And I feel like too, part of it, it's like when she's in like that deep seed research phase, it's kind of like the, um, the soul part where it's like in the zone yeah. mm-hmm. thing where she's mm-hmm. like a little bit closer to not necessarily like a sleep state, but that like, intense yeah you're just in the zone yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she'll describe like she'll give a val report of everything that happened and really go into detail of how it felt to like feel Valkyrie during the day like yeah. as part of her mm-hmm. and how that smoke creature was trying to rip him from her as you keep going, he does not, he doesn't interrupt you. He never does. He always lets you talk as long as you want to and just kind of like stands there as you're just unloading a lot of very intense information. Yeah. And this is not like her normal report. She's like pacing and like kind of yelling because. This is also her like processing, like yeah. emotionally mm-hmm. processing what happened. She didn't like do that at all today she didn't want to it was there wasn't like a time or space for her to do that so she's like almost like crying again of just like so confused as to like what's happening there's a moment where Vakri just kind of has his head hanging down a little bit I'm so sorry that sounds very frightening I hope you believe me when I tell you I wasn't aware of that. I don't understand what this creature is is was saying. As you know, we're a community we're communal people. Uh I am part of a greater whole and I'm I'm here to help people like you, help mortals and to to connect with you. But our minds and our sense of, of time uh, is is different than than yours, right? Uh, as 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 we've discussed, I don't I don't have answers right now, and you can tell like he's like a little not broken, but like this does not compute in his brain. It's like it is throwing him off that he has no answers for you um and you guys know each other well enough that like there's not a lot of lying yeah in between you guys you know there's no insight rolls you need to roll anything like that it's like that's not what you guys do he looks at you with a closed eye i can try to contact my people maybe 
It's it's difficult. It's there's a it's it's hard to put in words. Mm-hmm. I will need time. And is just clearly freaking out a little bit about this. I will I will have I will have to to leave. Not forever, but I I cannot get those answers here. I have to go. At that, Val, like, sits down and it's a shock to her that that's the answer, that's the best answer. Mm -hmm. And she needs to, like, take a minute because the, the very thing she feared this creature would do is happening in a different way, but it's still really scary. And, like, Valkyrie's been with her like for her consciousness, like probably her whole like life she can remember. Absolutely. And Valkyrie is feeling the same level of just like, oh holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are both not literally the same, but like similar levels of emotion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Val will just ask, like, is there no other way? Yes and no. As always, it depends on the answer you seek. I can speak to my people by going to them. That is how we do our nuanced communication. But I have a connection still. If I were to reach out to them through the tenuous connection I have... I could get a feeling. I could get a sense. Mm -hmm. But I would assume the sense that I would get would be an unpleasant one. And I don't know if that would tell us anything new. But it is up to you. What are the answers that you seek? At that, Val, like, grabs the chalice symbol around her neck and like kind of whispers all of them and like looks at looks at him with very sad eyes and says I guess you have to go. He nods at you and he puts a caring hand on her shoulder. I will come back with answers for the both of us. I will not be gone long. The space, this room, our space, will still be here for you. I have... And he just kind of like straightens. I'm imagining him. He's in like a very simple, like very nondescript tunic, mm-hmm. where it's almost like so plain it's hard to describe. But he kind of straightens his tunic a little bit, you know, makes it a little prim and proper, like mm-hmm. the weird little spirit librarian that he is. <laughs> and he uh, just kind of looks around. I prepared some notes for you about some of the Mothman information uh, that you requested a few days ago. It should be available for your review. 
but I I will go now. Before he goes, Val will just say, thank you. I'm sorry I came in and rushed at you. Be safe and be sure you come back and Val will give him a hug. He will hug you back and says, nothing will stop me from returning. And you linger for a moment and you release and he pats you on the shoulder again in kind of a comforting mentor way and peer and he turns to the back of the room he starts walking towards a wall and as he does a doorway opens and it is just this bright light hits you it is a white light with some small tinges of blue it's so bright all you can see is a silhouette as it walks into the light and then in a wink the doorway is gone and you are alone in this room with a pile of books Val sets to work on what Vakri has put together for her and will kind of look through that until she wakes from sleep And after another night of rest, you guys wake up on the day of returning. And as you get up for the day, you can already hear an energy in the city. You can hear bustle of crowds. You can hear that. And that's almost surprising to you guys because you guys are kind of towards the outskirts of kind of the walled city. And yet you are still hearing a ton of voices even as far away from kind of the main square as you are. As kind of everyone comes down, Berga is super excited, super happy. The day of returning is such a a wonderful time. Uh, Before you you go, uh, we should all go to the roof uh, and, and, and see. And so Berga, like, gets you guys upstairs. She, like, gets herself up the stairs and that kind of stuff. And up onto the roof where the rooftop garden and or small dirt pile both are. And you guys can see a mass of people gathering right along, kind of up against the wall, the wall, the big red wall. They are all parade, like parading around and kind of walking together. You can hear music like there. It sounds like there must be musicians or bards or something with them. You can see there are things held up on sticks, like giant masks that are held up on sticks. You see this group kind of make a turn and walk towards the main square. And there's already a line that they're kind of like filtering into. And again, you can already see people all over the city. It is already starting to go. In the middle of the town square you assume, because you don't, you don't have a great vantage point to it, you see a huge column of smoke just going up into the air, and these tiny motes 
of green light go up the column of smoke as the Ember Sage Obelisk Rite begins in the Red City of Agmar. And that's where we'll take up next week, everybody. See you next time!